The title of my message this morning is Jesus is Greater Than Religion. Just in case you're taking notes and you want to go to heaven, you can write that down. But yeah, there you go. That's so very creative, isn't it? A little greater than symbol, excellent. So religion, one definition of religion is a, a set or system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and ways of doing things. Relationship, though, is to be defined, is, is the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected, or the state of being connected. So essentially, thank you, dictionary, thank you, Google, uh, religion is a system. It's a way to do things. Whereas relationship is a state of being connected. Religion is a system. Relationship with Jesus is a state, a state of being. Jesus did not die to start a system. He hung on a cross to start a relationship. I told you this is gonna be simple today. It might get a little bit more complicated, but it's not gonna get too much more than that. I think it's important for you and I to understand the significant differences between religion and relationship with Jesus. Because it's possible for you and I to go through our entire lives, uh, even going to church every week, uh, even, even perhaps serving in church every week, uh, and, and, and never actually have a relationship with Jesus. But we, we have a lot of knowledge about religion and we, we know a lot about religion, but not anything about a relationship with Jesus. So today I just wanna share a few thoughts I have about this topic. And the first thought for those of you taking notes is um, religion majors on minors. Religion majors on minors. Religion makes things that aren't important, important. And I'm gonna tip a few sacred cows over this morning. And unfortunately, I never did cow tipping as a young man. I, um, I do regret not doing that. Uh, young people, be smart. Um, but it would have been fun. But anyway, it's probably too, too late now for me to do that. 33-year-old 30, pastor gets arrested for tipping cows. I don't know about that. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not advocating that you should do that. So uh, anyway, we're, we're going to tip some religious cows over today. But uh, religion makes things that aren't important, important. So it says things like, hey, wear, wear this special robe and, and do this special thing and, 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 and pray facing north at this certain time and, uh, you know, um, have these special incense and candles, like, like God is the, the founding father of essential oils, like God had it there first. And I'm sorry, oil people, but it started back with God. And, he, and, and, and if there wasn't the correct oils happening, then, then God's power was restricted. Like he could operate when there's some lavender, but peppermint, absolutely not. Thieves, don't even suggest thieves. Are you kidding me? It's called thieves. Like God's in heaven looking down and he's just disgruntled because it's just the wrong, it's the wrong colored robe. Guys, you know I don't like green. Or like, like God's not answering prayers because this is north and you're facing, oh, just here, just there. I, God's like, yeah, nah. Where's your compass app? It's easier today than ever before. So easy to face north. Just tipping over some cows right now. Meanwhile, while people were obsessing over things that didn't matter, they're missing out on things that do matter. Because when you're focused on the wrong thing, you can't be focused on the right thing, which is the crazy downside to this whole thing. So let's just go to Scripture really quickly. Let's go to Mark chapter 3, verse 1. 
And this is just a little story about Jesus and uh, some religious people were here were a little bit upset with what he did here. So uh, Mark chapter three, verse one, reading from the NIV. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Uh, Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. So they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man who with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger, deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. And he said to them, said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot how they might kill Jesus. So Jesus heals a man. And the Pharisees, rather than, rather than being focused on the healing of what just happened, a miracle just happened. They're not focusing on that. In fact, they're focusing on the fact that it's the Sabbath. And, and not only that, but now they're going to plot how they might kill Jesus. So it's pretty intense, probably needs some kind of counseling there. <laughs> Something is unresolved. But um, I think it's kind of interesting. The Bible says to keep the Sabbath holy. And I would think that healing someone's probably quite a holy thing to do. It was funny, I was in um, Israel a couple of years ago. Not that I don't mean to location drop, sorry. I was in Israel, (laughs) just hanging out by the Sea of Galilee and stuff. Anyway, and uh, we were in the hotel, and it was a high-rise hotel. And, um, you know, on their Sabbath, on their Sabbath, you know, some of you will experience this very soon, actually. You get to, on the Israel trip. But on their Sabbath, like, the place, it just shuts down. Like, it's crazy. It's for 24 hours, um, one day a week, the place just shuts down. Like, it's remarkable, which I think is kind of good in some ways, because, Sabbaths are cool. I think it's good that people actually stop and, you know, don't work for a day and, you know, do that. That's good. But, but it's gotten so extreme that, that uh, when you use the elevators in the high-rise hotel, there's one special elevator, the Sabbath elevator, which has all of the buttons pre-pressed. You ever been on an elevator with your kid? And maybe your kid is just really naughty and they press all the buttons for the elevator and you gotta go every single floor all the way up. That's this elevator, because they believe that you're not allowed to. I'll do it again. You're not allowed to press a button. So if, if you, just do the math, if you live on the 50th floor of quite a high building and you wanna go out, you're probably looking at 30 to 45 minutes on an elevator, floor by floor. But that's an interesting picture of religion, isn't it? Where it majors on minor things. I just don't know if God's up in heaven like, don't you do that? Don't you press that elevator button? What if there's an emergency? I'm not allowed to, what? Anybody uh, familiar or anybody remember the the good old days of VHS videos? Come on, anybody under the age of 27 uh, may not remember this, but uh, I was a VHS kid. I would go to the equivalent of Blockbuster, and gosh, what a day it was just to go to Blockbuster and spend two hours trying to pick one video to watch and get home, and the person hasn't rewound it, and it's the end, and oh, it's ruined. And, <laughs> yeah. Or it doesn't work, and it's, it's all the sounds messed up. But yeah, it's funny, at the beginning of a, of the, of a video, uh, in Australia, anyway, I'm sure it's the same here. There's this big, like, warning that comes up on the screen. It says, warning, video piracy is a crime. <laughs> Punishable by a fine of a million dollars. So you get a DUI, 
and there might be like a few thousand dollars. But little Billy pirates the notebook and he gets a million dollars. He has to pay a million dollars. How is little Billy gonna pay back a million dollars, people? But the rest of his life, he will be paying off the notebook. Unbelievable. Majoring on a minor. And then if you, if you read further on the little warning, it says, uh, you know, this can also be, you can also be imprisoned for such a crime. And it's intense. It says you can be imprisoned for up to 25 years for video piracy. I've never pirated anything in my life, and I'm certainly not saying that you should, but I'm just saying that is extreme punishment. Could you imagine being in prison Meeting your cellmate. <laughs> what are you in for? <laughs> yeah, back in 1987, <laughs> I was having a pretty bad day. So I killed some people. What are you in for? Have you ever seen uh, Sea Biscuit? <laughs> Someone loves Sea Biscuit over here. <laughs> hey, it's a great film. It's a great film. All the horse lovers love it. Awesome. And we laugh and we joke about it, but unfortunately, that's pretty accurate of what religion is, though. Majoring on minors. They'd probably rather have someone in a cell who's pirated a video than actually done something significantly bad. They would probably focus on that rather than someone else who probably deserves that cell a whole lot more. So I think uh, it's important for us to know that religion majors on minors. And the byproduct of that is that when you're focusing on the wrong things, you can't be focused on the right things. So the second thing I wanna talk about today is that religion will have you and I going through the motions, going through the motions without any meaning, going through all the motions with no meaning, going to church, doing Christian things, just going through the motions though, without the meaning behind them. So the, the, religious, the religious person will wake up on Sunday morning, they will put on their, their church attire, their Christian outfit, not the low cut top, that was Saturday night. That was Saturday night, it needs to go in the wash. They'll put on their uh, Christian attire, they'll get in their Christian car with their Jesus fish sticker. And if you have a Jesus fish sticker and you're a bad driver, please stop driving or take the fish sticker off. <laughs> One of those two things need to happen. Um, you're just making it harder for the rest of us. You wanna come to church? Bang, no, I'm sorry, didn't realize. Um, so you, you get in your car, you take out your little Wayne CD and you, you put in some Bethel worship. <laughs> Because it's Sunday, it's Sunday. And you, you drive to church and you, you have your weekly fight with your spouse because that's the time to fight on the way to church. That's the only time you want to fight. That's when the devil attacks. So, so uh, my wife and I, we just take separate cars now. So, you know, you want, you want, come on, devil, how are you going to do that? Huh? And my phone's on airplane mode. She can't even call me right now. Watch out, devil. Not today. There's a shirt about that. Yeah. 
So, you know, you're driving to church for your religious, religious duties to mark off the church box. Let's mark it off. That way I feel, feel good. I'm going to heaven. Everything's good between me and the Lord. You roll into church and then you, you know, you, you put your Christian face on, you smile as you walk in the foyer, you, you, you know, you, you stumble in through and you sit down and, and then, you know, the worship begins and you, you know, you kind of clap a little bit. You just start, you're just going through the motions, just going through the motions. And, and there's no meaning because there's no, there's no meaning when there's religion, it's just motions. You're just going, you're just doing, you don't even know why you're doing what you're doing. You don't even know why. So of course it doesn't mean anything to you. You're just, just Christian karaoke. Like what, that's what we're doing here. That's what it means to you because that's what religion, you don't know the meaning. And then, then the book of miracles comes along and you, so you just well, close your eyes, put your hand on the person next to you and pretend to pray for them. Um, because it's just religion. Because if, if there's no point to it, then you just, just better do it. And then uh, and the preacher gets up and starts preaching and and uh, oh no, the tithe bucket. How could I forget the tithe bucket? The tithe bucket comes by, and you know you tithe because if you don't tithe, you're gonna feel guilty. So you you tithe because you, if you don't tithe, you're gonna feel really guilty, and that, that's the only reason why you give. The only reason why you give is because it's a religious obligation, and if you don't do it, you're gonna feel guilty. Um, anyway, um, and then the preacher gets up to preach, and uh, you, you're sitting there for 40 minutes, and you're not really sure why you're here, and you're sitting there, and you may even be in this position right now. You're thinking about where you'd rather be. You're thinking about you know, going to Chuck E. Cheese after this or Lolita's. Well, it's just right there. <laughs> You're even thinking, oh, maybe I could sneak out partway through and order something. It's ready for when I get out. I don't know. I don't know. That's what religion will do. You have you just doing things with no real reasoning behind them. Just, I don't even know why I'm doing this. Why are we doing this? <laughs> but that's what religion does. It, it just provides you with things to do. Motions without meaning. On the other hand, when you're in relationship with, with Jesus, church is completely different. It changes everything. That's why I love our team, our team of volunteers that make church happen every week. I love them. And they're not doing it out of religion, religious obligation because they wouldn't do it for very long. It probably lasts about a few weeks and they'd probably be done with it. But, but I love, what I love about the person in, in relationship, not religion, is, is they, they get to church early for, for the team rally. They're excited about, about what's going to happen in church today when praise and worship's happening there. Come on, they're, they're leaning in. They're expecting. Their hands are raised. They understand that praise and worship is a powerful time, a time not just to stand there and zone out, but a, a time to engage. That when, when, the, when the book of miracles comes up, they're, they're, they're actually looking around. They're trying to find someone who's, who's got their hand up, maybe at the back, and, and no one's praying for them. So they run back there. They, they pray for that person. It could be a complete stranger, but they still pray for them because they believe in the power of prayer. Prayer to them is not a religious thing. It's actually a powerful thing. Then the meet and greet comes up and they're pumped to meet somebody. Yeah. High five, which, whose connect group are you and you need to come to my connect group? They're just loving life. And then, then the tithe bucket comes by and they just start celebrating. Yeah. They start celebrating because they know that they're not just tithing out of a religious obligation. They're tithing because they know that the, the windows of heaven are gonna open over their life. Yeah. And, the, and the doors of the church are gonna open for somebody else. Yeah. And they understand the power of the tithe. Then the preview comes on. They're even excited about the preview. Who would have thought that the, the upcoming events could be so exciting, but it is to someone in relationship because they're looking at, I could bring my friend to that. I could, I could, I could sponsor a youth to go to youth camp. I could do something with that. And by the time the preacher gets up, they're already whipped into a frenzy. They're, they're, like, they're like Travis style. They're like, 
They are, they are ready to go. They are ready to shout the preacher down. They are leaning in. They're not wasting 40 minutes of their week to mark a religious box. They're leaning in. They're taking notes. They're shouting the preacher down. They're standing on their feet. They're getting excited. They're getting something out of the Word. But that is the difference between just a religion, going to church because it's a religion, and then going to church because you're actually in a relationship. Somebody say amen. So everything we do as a church is for a reason not for an obligation. Even uh, our pathway of discipleship is very intentional. And I'm not saying that, you know, membership, uh, churches that do membership classes are, are bad or anything like that. It's gonna sound like I'm saying that, but I'm not meaning that. But, you know, oh, you know, we're just gonna do a little membership class and you can come on in and we, you can sit there and learn about our church and then you can sign something that says, oh, I'm now a member. I, I don't know, I, I don't think I just wanna have a church full of members. Yeah. I think religion wants to make people members. But, but, but a church that has a relationship with God at the forefront doesn't wanna make members, they wanna make disciples. Yeah. We wanna make disciples here at C3. That's why you're gonna hear the words and you've already heard them today, connect, develop and empower because we want you to connect with God. That's crazy, we're a church, right? That's, that's like the main thing we do. We want you to connect with God. But then beyond that, we want you to connect with other people. We know that people do life alone quite often. We don't want you to be isolated. So we want you to connect with people. We want you to get into a connect group. We, we want you to connect with, with your dream and with your purpose and your destiny. We want you to connect with that. We're actually, that's actually an important part of this whole thing. Oh, it's not about me. Well, you know what? God didn't give you a dream just to tease you. He didn't just give you a purpose just to, just to play a prank on you. No, no, he gave you, he gave you a purpose and a dream for your life for a reason. So that's part, of the, that's part of what we wanna unlock here. And some people have stopped dreaming when they're like 14 years old, it's time to start dreaming again. They wanna develop you because God wants to develop you. He wants to mold you and shape you and form you. And He wants to create uh, in you like the person that you, you're meant to be. And, and here you are and here's your dream. And the gap in between is, is development, it's discipleship. And so we're a church that does, does, does discipleship. We don't just do membership, we do discipleship. God wants to develop and disciple you. Then after you're developed, He wants to empower you. He wants to empower you to live with the Holy Spirit inside of you, to live a powerful life, to not just just discover your destiny, but actually to walk out and step into all the amazing things that God has for you. I'm not just talking about within the four walls of church. In fact, for the most part, I'm talking about what happens outside of the four walls of church. As you're in your marketplace, as you're in your teaching at your school, or you're doing whatever you're doing out there. Come on, I, think, I believe that we're a church that is going to kick religion to the curb, have people in relationship with Christ, and then empower them to go and live the life that God has for them. Amen. Amen. That's why we, we encourage people to, to serve on a team. We don't encourage people to serve on a team at C3 to, to do a task. What? Serving is not about doing a task. Serving is about stepping into your destiny. Religion will say, do a task and then you'll be a good person. Relationship with Christ says, you're already a good person. So why don't you go ahead and do something? Why don't you go ahead and make a difference? Serving unlocks the destiny inside of you and I but without the correct understanding of serving, it's possible for you and I just to go through the motions. Motions without meaning. That's what religion will do. 
motions without meaning. So while we're talking about serving, may as well talk about my next point, which is uh, religion will define you uh, by what you do, but but relationship defines you by who you are. Religion defines your identity as what you do. Relationship with Christ defines your identity as who you are. I think we probably all would agree to some extent that we live in a fairly driven world. We're in Southern California and it's, it's easy for you and I to misassess our lives and our values uh, based on what we do, based on the, the, the titles that we carry, the importance that we seemingly have or do not have, whatever. And I think without being intentional about this, we can find ourselves quite down on ourselves because we are letting what we do define who we are rather than who we actually are. So there's this kind of carrot dangling that you'll never actually reach. You'll never actually get to it. All the while saying, well, when I get that promotion, then I'll be okay. When I get that special position that I'm holding out for, then I won't feel insecure anymore. When I, when I get that, uh, that, that assignment, even within the church, then I'll feel like I'm really making a difference for God. If I serve God enough, then He'll love me. That's religion. That's religion. If I serve God enough, hopefully He'll love me. If I serve God enough, hopefully I'll get into heaven. But my friend, you and I, we cannot serve our way into heaven. We can't serve our way into heaven. That that is religion, that you and I would serve our way into heaven. Could you imagine being at the end of your life and you, you, you've died and it's going to happen to everyone. It's okay. Just, it's all good. You can't positive talk your way out of it. You will pass away one day. <laughs> Could you imagine if you've, you've just passed away and you're, you're up in the, the waiting room of heaven, the waiting room of heaven, which would be quite a big room, I imagine. And it would be um, similar to the DMV, but much, much nicer, much, much nicer. <laughs> you know, it's not quite heaven, so it won't quite have golden floors and stuff, but it would be pretty, it'll be good. But imagine, imagine, oh my gosh, you've just, you've just, you've passed away, you've lived your life and you're, you're sitting in the, the waiting room of heaven and you, you've got your little number, it's like the DMV, exactly, you've got your number, you're, you're D6, so <laughs> D6, come to desk four, no, I'm kidding, but it may be like that, I don't know, it's in the message version somewhere, but um, you're in the waiting room, you're in the waiting room and, and the person next to you, 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 start, you start talking with them. And, and you're like, oh man, I can't believe I just died. And he's like, yeah, I know. How crazy was that? I was just jumping on the trampoline with my kids and here I am, like, this is nuts. And, and he's like, well, that's a bummer, man. Oh, gosh. And, well, here we are. I mean, you know, what was your life like? What'd you do? Like, you know, and you just have a little conversation. Wouldn't it, isn't it, it's kind of a, it's just come with me and it's the way I think. <laughs> and then the, the person next to you is like, yeah, yeah, I, I did this job and I, had, I did this thing and did that and did that. And you're like, oh, cool. Did you, did you have a relationship with Jesus? Oh, yeah, yeah, I went to church every week. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, did you have a relationship with Jesus? Oh, yeah, I served like on like five teams. No, no, like the question is, did you have a relationship with Jesus? 
yeah, no, I was, I don't want to brag here, but I was barista of the year. <laughs> Three years running at my church. Latte art. I was making crosses out of cappuccinos. <laughs> of course. No, 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 like I'm asking you. I know, you, like what you're saying is good. Go to church every week, please. Serve on a team, please, I'm asking you. Did you have a relationship with Jesus? Yes. Great question. It's a crazy thought, isn't it? We don't serve our way to God, we actually surrender our way to God. Certain religions believe there's only so many spaces in heaven, which is very, very interesting. <laughs> like God, who created the whole universe in six days, pretty smart, didn't think about the square footage of heaven. And now here he is. He's holding a board of directors meeting. Guys, we are in big trouble up here. We have not got the space. These humans are just populating the whole world. We are gonna need to cut this down. We need to make, we need to make it that it's really hard to get in here. So what can we do? Well, we could, we could make them all serve so much that it's almost impossible to get in and that will kind of filter out all the ones that don't. That's what some, some religions think that. In fact, some people sitting in this room today have probably been taught, and I'm sorry if you have, that that is a reality. Wow. That God is in heaven and God's a bad property developer, wow. a bad town planner. Wow. And he did not create enough space for you and I, but only enough space for an elite few. Wow. But that, my friend, is what religion will do. It will define you based on what you do, not on who you are. It will define you based on what you can actually add to the kingdom rather than the fact that you are just a son and a daughter of God. And when you and I understand that I'm, I'm a son of God, I'm a son of God before I was an, an ordained pastor. And I'm cool, I was actually fine just being a, just being a son. I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm a son before I'm doing whatever I am doing. You are a son or a daughter before whatever you do. You are a daughter before you were a worship leader. You were a son before you were a preacher. You're a son, you're a daughter. It doesn't matter what you're doing so much. What matters is that you're a son or a daughter. And when we get that the wrong way around, it just messes everything up. Like heaven forbid if I'm a pastor trying to be a son. That is exactly what religion will do though. Prove yourself, prove yourself to God. Gosh, I would be a horrible father. If, if my kids had to prove themselves to me that they were worthwhile people. I love my children no matter what. And I think God is the same way for you and I. And my fourth and final thought this morning, and I'll get the worship team to come out whenever you can, is that religion complicates and relationship simplifies. This is good for me and my brain, again, Simple. Let's keep this simple. Matthew 22, verse 34. There's a little scene here with Jesus. And uh, we're going to pick it up from verse 34 from the NLT. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert 
in religious law tried to trap him with this question. It's funny how religious people, often in their conversation, they don't really wanna have a conversation, they just wanna trap somebody in a conversation. That's another message though for another time. Verse 36, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So isn't that cool that just in a couple of short sentences there, Jesus can summarize really the basis of, it, of everything with the Christianity. Jesus breaks it down and he makes it so simple. Love the Lord and love your neighbor. He breaks it down. I could make it more complicated, but I really prefer not to. And I'm not smart enough to. Religion will always complicate what God made simple to begin with. It's like a bit of a uh, <clears throat> Christianese thing out there that we say is that uh, we talk about deep teaching. Oh, deep teaching. <laughs> oh, I love some deep teaching. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, oh my previous church had deep teaching. Cool. How many people got saved at that church? Just wondering. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, oh, uh, deep teaching. Yes, I love deep teaching. We need to be careful that we don't mistake deep with complicated. Religion poses itself as a, as a pool that you start in the shallow end and then you work your way to the deep end. Oh, and then when you're in the deep end, you get to frown upon those in the shallow end as you sip on your non-alcoholic margarita <laughs> because you're religious. <laughs> so it's non-alcoholic when you're around people. But then when they go home, it's different. That's religion. I just don't know about that. I don't, I don't think that, that, that when God put the gospel together, He was thinking, let's make this really, really deep and complicated. Because if that's the case, then gosh, Christianity is kind of limited to a handful of really smart, elite graduates from Harvard and Yale. But I don't think that's the heart of God. I think that religion has taken what is very simple and made it very complicated so that only a handful of elite, special people can actually understand it, let alone enjoy it. Relationship with Jesus is, is fairly simplistic. And simplistic doesn't mean shallow. Simplistic means it works for anyone at any stage of life, in any country, at any education level, at any skin color, at any, whatever you want. I don't think it's a deep and shallow end pool. I think it's just a pool that 
that has the same depth the whole way through. And Jesus says, wherever you're at, just jump in. Just jump in. Religion doesn't change the core of you. Religion changes the outside of you. I found that quite often, tragically, the most uh, religious people are the ones that have the, the greatest masks on. Masks of pride, masks of performance, masks of judgment. Yet at the other extreme, I've discovered that the people who are in relationship with Jesus have been transformed from the inside out. Religion will try and transform your appearance, but relationship will transform who you actually are, which in turn will actually transform your appearance. <laughs> but the foundation of it's completely different. So religion, by definition, a set of, a set of religious attitudes, a system of beliefs, a system of ways of doing things and relationship by definition, the way in which two people are connected, the state of being connected. Religion is a system. Relationship is a state of being connected with God. Jesus never died to start a system. He died to start a relationship with you with each and every person in this room today. We've said it before and we'll probably say it again that religion is man's attempt to get to God, but relationship, Christianity is God's attempt to get to man, to get to you and I. When Jesus hung on a cross, when He hung on a cross, He wasn't thinking about starting a religion. He was thinking about starting a relationship with you, that you would walk day in and day out in relationship with Jesus. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, He said the words, it is finished. If Jesus was starting a religion, His words would not have been, it is finished. His words would have been, it has begun. But the fact that He said, it is finished, means that what He did on the cross has completed has completed, has completed the work. He has done everything He needed to do for you. So you and I don't have to earn our way into heaven. You could spend your whole life serving God because you're terrified of going to hell. How sad would that be? so religious. My friend today, when Jesus said it is finished, He was talking about the relationship with you. He has done everything to start a relationship with you. He finished that work on the cross. So in the last few minutes we've got, would you mind just, just quickly bowing your head and closing your eyes? Like I said a moment ago, when Jesus died on that cross, He was thinking of you and He thought, I want one of those. I want that person. I want that unique individual. And I wanna be in relationship with that person. I think we've established today that we cannot serve our way 
into heaven. But we also cannot sin ourselves away from heaven either. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to c3sandiego.com.